I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to the Leaf Report Podcast with Jonas Siegel and James Myrtle. Okay, James, it is uh, the end of January. We're almost in February. All-star break. Uh, we have much to discuss about the Leafs. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Um, you had a piece earlier in the week about some of Lou Lamarillo's plans, you know, as far as the trade deadline is concerned. Anything you heard that surprised you? Well, I was a little bit surprised to hear that Jonathan Bernier and Dan Winnett, guys that have some term on their contract, are names that are out there already with other teams. I think what Lou Lamarillo is doing is is just trying to get a sense of who might be interested and, you know, it's kind of like uh, doing your homework before the, the exam or whatever, doing, doing, doing your research. You know, they, they want to talk to teams that might be buyers for rental players. And, and, and the, I think the Bernier issue is a separate one from the other guys. The other guys are, are rental players. They're looking to give to playoff teams. Bernier is a guy they're going to talk to teams that are desperate to add a goalie. I could see Calgary potentially being a fit. So... You know, I, I, I wasn't shocked at anything I heard, but I was a little bit surprised to see those guys that still have a year left on their deal. Well, so I'm not surprised in those specific cases because I don't think either one of them has really fit. Uh, like, it's obvious, or it's been obvious from the start of the year that Jonathan Bernier uh, was not fitting right under Mike Babcock because of his struggles, because of, I think, some impatience on Mike Babcock's part. And then Dan Winnick, you know, he, he really hasn't looked right since he got hurt. 
uh, and he's bounced kind of in and out of the lineup. His ice time has dropped. Uh, he's playing on a fourth line, you know, these days. So, like, it would have surprised me if it was Matt Hunwick, you know, who was mm-hmm. in, in those names. But we know that Mike Babcock loves Matt Hunwick and maybe <laughs> we, too much. Yeah, we see that every night. We see that every night. But, um, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how many of these guys they actually can and do move. Because if I'm in uh, a team that's looking towards the playoffs and looking to add help, the guys I'm looking at specifically, if I've been watching the least closely, are P.A. Parento, mm-hmm. Roman Polak potentially is a depth guy, and, and Michael Grabner. And, and beyond that, like Dan Winnick I'd be interested in, um, but he, he's got one more year and he hasn't had a great year. And so – I don't know that how many guys I'd actually look at and say, like, I'm willing to part with an asset for. Do you agree or, or disagree? You're you're right. But I think they can trade other guys for, for not very much. You know, I think you can trade a Sean Mathias. I think there potentially be teams interested. But he just has had no production. And, you know, he's a guy that works really hard, doesn't have very good hands. And, yeah. You know, it's, that's just the reality where he is. I mean, I, it's surprising watching him up close and watching his whole season that he had 18 goals last year. And then I, it, it, he's obviously not going to get anywhere close to that this year. And, you know, if a team picks him up at the deadline, he's just going to be he's going to be a depth guy. He's going to play on a fourth line or, or maybe a third line, and they hope that they get him going a little bit. I wonder if maybe if Matthias was with better players all year, if he would have a little bit more production. But, but does, saying that, sorry, James, like he spent – uh, 16 games at one point with Bozak and Parento. And yep. granted, those aren't great players, but like those are some of the better players that the Leafs have. Yep, yep. Yeah, I know, you're totally right. I mean, with the season they've had, with how low scoring they are, especially lately, it, it brings the asking price down for a lot of these guys. But, you know, I look at it, they've got eight UFAs. I mean, you might as well trade as many of them as you can, and unless, right. you, unless you're planning on re-signing them. And the only guy I think they might re-sign is, is James Reimer. So seven UFAs, why not trade all of them? I mean, even if you're trading, even if you're getting a a, a middling prospect or you're getting a seventh-round pick or you're upgrading your your seventh-round pick to a sixth-round pick, or even, right. even if you're hardly getting anything, just do it. No, no, certainly you're right. I'm, I'm just like, do you think, I'd trade them for whatever I could get, but I guess I'm saying, do you think that teams will be willing to sacrifice any kind of an asset? Or I guess we could look at, like, Ole Oakland got a pick last year. Just situations like that where Holder. whatever you can yeah. get, like, it's like when a store is closing down and they just they'll, they'll <laughs> give it away. Is that what we're looking at here? Yeah, that's what it seems like. And it reminds me a lot of, I talked to some teams I remember at the beginning of the year, and I remember they said, I don't know what the Leafs are doing. They're bringing all these guys that no one really wanted. They're paying them hardly anything. They're not going to be a good team. They're not going to have a lot of offense, and they're not going to be able to get a lot for them. And uh, I was kind of like playing devil's advocate. I was like, well, you know, Parento could have a 50-point season, and Matthias could score 15 goals, and maybe they can get a bunch of second-round picks at the end of the year. And you know, in the end, the the executives with other teams that I talked to that were skeptical, it looks like they ended up being right. And Mike Babcock was only able to coach these players up to a to a limited degree, is what it looks like lately. Yeah, yeah, and and so let's let's get into that actually, uh, and we can talk more about the trade deadline in, in a bit. But I, I still maintain that that Babcock has done a. a very good job with the roster that he has. Do you think that this stretch where they basically stopped scoring has changed any of that? 
It shouldn't, but I know it's going to in public perception because it's pretty clear now that the Leafs are going to finish very, very low in the standings. You know, they're on pace for about 75 points. They're about to trade everybody away, as we've been talking about. If they trade everybody away and bring in a bunch of guys like Zach Sill, they're going to be right down where they were last year. You know, they had 68 Mm -hmm. points last year. They might not win hardly any games the rest of the way. And I think people are going to look at that and judge Mike Babcock on that. But, you know, if you look at some of the underlying returns, what they've done on special teams and, and, and what their scoring chance percentages look like and, all those underlying things look really good. You know, all the things that a coach can impact. So I have a hard time blaming Mike Babcock for the fact that, that they haven't been able to put the puck in lately, but I know that it's it's coming. And I think where we might see it the most, too, is next year. If, if they're still struggling next season and we're 40 or 50 games in, I think that there might start to be a little bit of heat on Mike Babcock. And I, we wouldn't have said that three or four weeks ago. Yeah, I suppose that's true. And I guess that that's sort of the simplicity of the way stuff generally gets talked about? Do you think that's, like, do we just look at record and say, this guy is good, this guy's not good? Like, yeah. Look, and at the, look at the roster, right? It's like short-term thinking too, right? It's like, what what have you done lately? And, like, I'm amazed. I wrote a piece, I think it was a month ago, about Babcock and saying that if the Leafs continue to play as well as they were at that point and they continue to win games and they were close to a playoff race, I was like, well, you know, it's, that's a, that's a really remarkable job that he did, and he it was it would be one of the best po- coaching performances in the league. But now, you know, so the Leafs lose a bunch of games since then, and now people are killing me. And it's like, well, Babcock didn't change who he was in the first forty games in the last ten games, and he's obviously been a very good coach elsewhere in his career in in Anaheim and Detroit and with the national teams. So why would this ten game stretch change anyone's opinion of him? But that's that seems to be the reaction. So I can only imagine if they have another really bad year next year, what people are going to be saying. Well, and it, it's interesting if you consider what the roster might look like tomorrow. Like, I've got the depth chart in front of me, uh, and just trying to guess at who might be here. Like, you'd probably have Kadri. You mean next Comer- season? You said tomorrow. Yeah, next season. Yeah. Oh, t- tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> you, wish, so, you wish tomorrow was next season. Yeah. Well, so so potentially looking at the roster, like you'd, you'd have Kadri, you'd have Komarov, maybe um, Van Riemsdyk, I would presume uh, Riley, Hunwick, Gardner. Like, who knows what the roster is going to look like? But the basic idea that you're pointing at, the roster is probably going to be about the same next year with a couple more young guys. Like we presume William Neander will be on the team. I think that's a fair assumption. I think Mitch Marner will be on the team. I can see them sending him back but maybe brown should, they could have actually maybe, have a, they could actually have a lot of young guys i think I, you know, you know right. the more i look at it they could turn over at least half the roster so right but they're not going to be very good the point like that's generally what it comes down to wouldn't you say probably not probably not it's possible then, it's possible i mean sometimes young guys are coming into the nhl and surprising everyone yeah no, that's true. But I, but I just, probably, most likely, they're not going to be that great. Yeah. Well, and, and that gets me back to, like, Babcock talked about it a, a few weeks ago. He said fans right now, they understand what the organization is doing. They're patient. They're cool with it. But he said at some point that patience is going to run out. Do yeah. you think that, that that's going to start next season? Yeah, I think it, it depends how bad they are. I mean, I think if they're hanging around and they're five points out of a wild card spot and it's January or February, I think people will be fine with that. And, and there's a lot of young guys. I mean, I think I think putting three or four or five young guys in the lineup is going to be the storyline all through training camp and all through the first few months of the season. And But 
that'll wear off if they're brutal. That'll wear off if they're really, really bad and they're they're tracking to be as bad as they are this year. Like I said, it's, it looks like they're going to be at the 68-72 kind of point range this season. If they're that bad again next year, I think that, yeah, I think there's going to be heat on everybody. Well, just looking at some of the young guys, let's let's see who could potentially be there. So Nealander is one. Let's say Brown is two. Um, maybe Leipzig? Yeah, yep, yep. I, I, maybe. I hear other teams talking about him, and they really like what he's doing in the AHL. I, I went to the Marlies game on Saturday, but I haven't seen. I've been trying to watch them on TV more. And, and TV like, broadcasts are not very good. No, they're not. But some of them are in HD. So Le- Leipzig stands out as a guy. I think Soshnikov could be a Soshnikov, guy. That's four. Who, who could play in the NHL? I don't know about next year. I mean, maybe he come, maybe he plays fifteen games in the NHL next year or whatever. Yeah. So like uh, maybe Jeremy Morin, maybe Zach Hyman. Yeah. Right. Like maybe Josh Levos. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then maybe on defense, maybe Valiev. Maybe another year he needs, but probably looks pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and maybe Harrington at some point. Yeah, I thought Harrington fit in fine this year. I, th- I didn't think he looked out of place. So yeah, he can definitely be a guy that they come in. Maybe he comes in and takes, you know, the minutes that Polak or Marinchin or whoever was getting this year. So, but the fact that to get back to Babcock, the fact that they're not scoring, um, they're still generating chances. Their power play has generated, I think, the most shot attempts in the league. I haven't. What about the last ten games? I, I haven't, haven't looked recently, yeah. but their power play. Let's be honest. Like their power play hasn't scored in three weeks. Their power play, regardless of the chances, is not scoring at all. So when you're going through a team-wide scoring drought and you're not getting power play goals, that hurts. But I guess the, what I'm trying to say is, when they were getting goals, when they were scoring, when some of these chances were going in, you could see the effect that Babcock was having. Like the possession was up. Um, special teams. Like you mentioned, the underlying indicators look good. They were structurally better. They moved the puck better. They moved the puck out of their own zone better. They're better, like, through the neutral zone. Like, they're just a – you could just see that they are a better team. I wonder how many people listening, though, are saying, yeah, but they're losing lots of games. Because so. they're not good. Because they yeah. don't have a lot to, – let's be honest. Like, in uh, – I hate to keep pointing to things he said, but, like, Babcock made the point. Like, great coaching is one thing, but you need good players. Like <laughs> – in the NBA, it's the same thing. Like, He's been saying that a lot lately, hasn't he? Right. Well, because and, – and he almost got himself in trouble. And, yeah. and I think he was just being honest that one day. I think it was after they played Carolina. Yeah. And someone asked about the, the forwards not scoring, and he said, well, what do you expect? Yeah. But, like, look at the roster. Like, what, what can you reasonably expect? There's not that much talent. They're that's, not that I, good. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think that's a good – People should go back and listen to that post game and, and that question. And it sounded a little bit, his answer sounded a little bit like something Ron Wilson would have said. And I, you know, I, Babcock's got a lot of rope and he deserves it. And I don't think people should be attacking him next year. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when he says things like that, boy. And, and the thing, too, is it not even just how the media reacts or the fans react. Like, how, do we, how are his players supposed to react to that? He's not really building them up there by saying that, they, that they're not good enough to. To score, I mean, it's. I just well, want, and that's why he tried to correct it the next day, right? Yeah, or clarify. Yeah, I wasn't there for the clarification, but I saw that that yeah, he he stepped some of that back. I don't know. Look at it. Like, look at the who who should be expected to put in twenty goals on this roster. I can put two players. Like, I could say Kadri in a full season might score twenty. He's never scored twenty before. And obviously James Van Riemsdyk. Like beyond that, who can you pencil in for anything? 
Well, I think losing JVR is is a Huge. really he he was probably their best player in the first however many games he played there, forty three or whatever it was. He was probably yeah. he was probably oh, or James Reimer, but Reimer was hurt. I think JVR was taking the next step because he was playing well defensively and offensively, and it looked like he could yeah. have on a bad offensive team he could have thirty goals and sixty five points. It's it's a shame he got hurt. That's probably I was thinking about this the other day that that was probably the most damaging player for them to lose. Maybe Riley, I guess. But well, that was the best. Like that was my initial reaction after he got hurt. That that was the best that he'd ever played. Like yeah. he he was looking like a real good player. Yeah, yeah, he was. So. Yeah, yeah, which is good. I mean, obviously, it's That's, good. Yeah, it's good for the organization long term. But well, and and generally, James, like when you zoom out of the season and you ask, if you were to ask. Brendan Shanahan, honestly, like what he wanted to see, he would say, I want to see uh, Kadri, Van Riemsdyk, Riley, Gardner all get better. That's happened. He would probably, if he was being honest, say they'd like a top five pick. That's going to happen. And he would probably say he'd like it to be apparent the effect that Mike Babcock can have. And mm-hmm. that's happened. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's, it's, it's difficult for fans and, and probably some of the media who covers the team, but like, this is what the season was supposed to be. Yeah. And it's yeah, and I think things will change. I mean, if they end up getting Austin Matthews at the end of this, no one is going to be complaining about right. the, t- the ten games where they scored eleven goals in the middle of the season. I mean, so you know that that's another big wild card. I mean, maybe if they finish in the bottom three, they're not going to have a huge chance to get him, but it's it's a chance. And there's a lot of good players. I like the look of the top. Especially after watching the World Juniors, I like the look of the top five, six players in in the draft this year. Well, James, those Finnish kids, like they look like players. Yeah, and you see what Barkov is doing now. Like, yep, yep, yep. Although those guys don't have the numbers that Barkov had in the Finnish league, I don't think they're going to be Barkov, but I think they're going to be good. Yeah, but suddenly, I guess if you're the Leafs and you add one of those guys to Nylander and Marner and Riley, like suddenly you have like a really good twenty-two and under core. So we named about, or you named most of them, of the Marlies that could be with the Leafs, and you named, you know, eight or nine guys. you got to add yep. the, that draft pick in there, too, because that draft, if it's Matthews, he'll be ready to play in the NHL. Well, and sorry, I didn't add another guy who maybe, and, and this could, he, he probably will be with the Marlies, but Andreas Johnson mm-hmm. is, like, just outside the top ten in Swedish League scoring the last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a seventh-round pick. I know they're excited by him. Like, he could be someone who could kind of sneak onto the roster. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Timoshov is, you know. Timoshov is, like, I, yeah. I, we, we've been talking about him since, actually, I've been talking about him since I saw him at the development camp. Like, he is fun to watch. Yeah. So, who knows what happens with any of these guys? Like, Well, I know that Babcock's excited about a couple of them. Timoshov's one of them. Connor Brown, he's very excited about. So As is Shanahan. I think that the training camp next year, I'm already looking forward to it and covering it because I think there's going to be great stories there. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, the greatest story is that he's not even going to be there. Yeah, that's true. Right? That, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I How guess maybe maybe we'll be, be covering the World Cup more than the uh, the training camp. But I that that's the training camp is still going to be interesting to me because, yeah. you know, this year's was not. This year's was not an interesting training camp. There's a lot of guys that aren't going to be part of the solution if the Leafs are going to find a solution. And I think yeah. next year is, is the real, when you first start to see the beginning of the rebuild. They, they don't like to call it the rebuild. They just like to call it the build. I like to call FYI. it. I like to call it that. It's hard not to call it a rebuild because it is like you're rebuilding. But 
anyway, they don't. I think they don't consider themselves part of the old stuff. Even anyway, um, I wouldn't want to be either. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Let's uh, let's get into the goaltenders because you you mentioned Bernier and his potential availability. Um, given what we've seen from from James Reimer, and I still don't think the sample size is large enough. What would you be comfortable with if you were Lou Lamorello in terms of a contract? And or would you even be comfortable? Yeah, I, I don't mind the idea of bringing him back at all. Uh, but I, if he's asking for four or five years and a whole bunch of money, then then I probably say no thanks. I mean, it really well, so, de- it depends on what they else they see in the goaltending market and who's available in, in free agency. And I think that those are those are factors as well because sometimes in free agency you can get a, a pretty good goalie for not very much money. Like you look at the season that Thomas Grice is having for the Islanders, and yeah, he's been great. If they can find someone like that, that's a bargain. And I know they've got that large analytics department, and I think they're looking at at goaltending and what to do in goal. I mean, I, the one scenario that I see no one discussing is that I think that potentially they could have two different goalies next year, and that Bernier and Reimer are both gone. So you know, yeah, that, that, that's a possibility for next year as well. I think you know, no position more than than goal is is going to be more in flux here, and. It's. I think Reimer really wants to stay, so if he's willing to take a little bit of a discount, uh, I think that there's a there's a deal to be done there. Maybe it's three years at four, a little over four million. If 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 the Leafs could get that, I could see them potentially agreeing to that. Yeah, I could see that being comfortable. I guess where I'd be concerned is he's never played more than thirty-seven games in a year. Yep, that was his first season with the Leafs. He's had various injuries. He's had, you know, struggles. Sometimes it's hard to separate his struggles from how bad the team was in front of him, how bad defensively they were in front of him. But, yeah, I guess three years. Like, I I just don't like – I don't know. I'm very against signing goalies. I'm just trying to think of what would work for the team and work for him, and that's, well, the other thing that's is kind like of where I fall if, on that. Yeah, no question. Like, but it, but if you you can only pencil in, let's say, forty games from him, because that's all we know at this point. Mm-hmm. Where, and let's say you trade Bernier, where are you going with those other? 40 well, that's games? where you go like, to the UFA market, right? So well, and I'm looking at it now, and like I agree with you. I, I think there's lots of guys that I would give a chance to, like Alex Stalock or Anton yeah. Kudobin, or like yeah. I mean. I, like they're not great, but like, what do you, I, I I just don't know why you'd invest long term. Is that the best that's there? Uh, I'll name some guys that are UFA: uh, Justin Peters, Andres Limbach, Al Montoya. Uh, who else is here? Ben Scrivens, Nicholas Backstrom, Jonas Hiller, Cam Ward, Kari Ramo, uh, that, Carter Hutton. That's actually ugly. Auntie Ranta, I'd, I'd take a chance on. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I just don't. They're they're not going to be good regardless. So like, I don't but know. I think there's goalies available via trade too. I mean, it looks like the Ducks are going to move Anderson, and I think that that could yeah, be a potential, that could be an interesting option there. So yeah, I like him. You know, Darcy league, Kemper is RFA. Yeah, yeah, but he he's shown some promise early on. So yeah, Calvin Pickard. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Peter Morazic is an RFA. That would be interesting, <laughs> but they're not going to trade him. I don't know what they'll do with Jimmy Howard. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. You don't want to get in a Jimmy Howard situation. So no, you do not. If Reimer is adamant that he wants four or five years and five million a year or whatever, I say no way. So yeah, I agree with that. 
and and I like James Reimer, and he's a good guy, and I think he'd be a good fit with a young team that's rebuilding, and the fans love him, and there's all these all the nice nice factors in there, and I think I actually think that he's a good goalie. You know, I think he's a better goalie than than people thought, and he's showing that this year. But then you add in the durability concerns, and I just I just wouldn't want to give him a ton of money if he wants to do two years, and then he wants to show he's an elite goalie, and then he wants to get another deal after that. Okay, but. Well, beyond the health, the other part is like, and and maybe he is a different goalie now. Like we see, this is typically the age when goalies kind of start to come into their own and really solidify themselves into being good goalies. Maybe this is like him turning that corner. Well, but, I think I think the thing, some of the analytics guys would disagree with you and say that goalies should actually be starting in the NHL a lot younger than they have traditionally because they're pretty good at twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. They just don't get a chance. So yeah, maybe that's well. Yeah, maybe that's 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 probably fair. Gibson but, but I'm, and I'm just Gibson and Heliabuck, and I mean, you look at some of the Mrazek. You look at some of the young goalies now, and they're they're kind of proving that true. So, but the thing, I, but I, then, but then, sorry, James. Then how do you look at his record previously and say, how can you judge anything definitively? Like, look at these are the save percentages of his career: nine twenty one, nine hundred, nine twenty four. 911 907 932 Yeah. No, I know. So, like, it's, it's all over the like, place. It's all over the place. Like what I I don't know what he is. Well, on average he is an average number 1 goalie. That's what is he's I think his career save percentage is 915 right around there. That's and the yeah. the NHL average is probably about 915 over the time that he's been in the league. So, that's that's what he is. And guess who else is 915? Yeah, Mr. Bernier. Yeah. Mr. Bernier. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. But I, but I do think that even, I think Reimer might be an exception in that he has gotten better because you and I both know the work ethic that he has. And yep. good dude. And it sounds like in the summer that he really tried hard to change his technique and worked with a lot of different people and added some elements to his game. And we're dealing with a pretty small sample with what we've seen this season, but he, he looks better. He looks more comfortable yep. in the net and he looks like he's, Looks like he's figured some of the technique things out that he didn't have early in his career, and I could see him maybe maybe now he's a nine seventeen or nine eighteen goalie. So well, and especially in front of a better team, right? Yeah, yeah. And he might be he might the other question too is who's a good fit for a Babcock team and the way they play and the way they play defensively. I think that that's one of the things that management's going to want to investigate and think about when they look for a goalie because they know who their coach is going to be long term and they want to get all the different parts that are going to fit well with that style. Yeah, it's just lining those up at the the right yeah. time period, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, they take some chances on more young goalies too, you know. Maybe yeah, Sparks well, comes in and gets more starts. That's the thing, like you it it's so hard with goalies to know anything. I don't know. Like do, do I think that's you would know this better than I, but it seems like that's where we some of the stats need to to kind of catch up. Mhm. Yeah. I don't know. Like, he, like you see this Louis Domingue comes in for yeah. Arizona and just yeah. suddenly, put, I don't know. Anyway, I wanted to get to one more thing before we go. Do, you have, do we have like five minutes? Is that cool? Yeah, yep. So I wanted to, I think it's a really fascinating conversation and it will get more interesting as we get close to the summer. I think the Morgan Riley contract is going to be mm. so interesting to see what they decide to do. Um, I looked at a couple young contracts that like kind of make sense, like something like, I don't know, five, six years at something around five, five and a half. Is that what you would guesstimate that he'll get? I was thinking the thing I had penciled in, 
I think a month or two ago when I did their cap was five by four point nine million. So five by four point nine million. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Leafs should try and get them get them down a little bit lower, but I don't know how they're going to though. Like, look at the year he's had. He's at like yeah. It's hard to express when they're on a, when they're one of the worst teams in the league, but like the numbers he is putting up without power play time in the matchups that he's getting, he's pretty good. Like he's had a pretty good year. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable saying that Riley's going to be very elite offensively. I just don't know about the defensive side of it. So, so I, like, I was I'm just, just looking, I was just thinking ahead. of looking around the league at some of the young defensemen that have signed deals lately, and a lot of them are in that range between four and five million. A lot of them, you know, like what did what did Klingberg get? And I know he had played a lot less than a lot less Let's than Riley has, see. but but Klingberg was something like seven years, a little over four million. Yeah, he got four two five. So I make the but argument. Then, like, I but make, then, sorry, James. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, go look, ahead. Like, uh, OEL got, uh, this was a couple years ago, he got six years at five and a half. Mm. Tyler Myers, a couple years before that, got seven years at five and a half. Yep. Uh, Ryan McDonough got six years at four, seven. So, like, in the track record. Some of those guys would have been probably eating into UFA years, maybe a little bit, depending on yeah, when they signed yeah, right. those those deals. So, I don't know. I That's 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 the number I was thinking, 5 by 4.9. But if it gets up a little over 5, then it's it's pretty close. So, But I guess the point is they can be comfortable with that because. Yeah. He, like, we don't, I, I don't like to get into all the, I don't know, he's a good guy, he works hard. Like, who knows how hard these guys work? But from everything we can tell about Riley, uh, he has the traits that you would want, you know, in, in investing in a, in a player long term. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any, I don't think they'll ever have any kind of off-ice problems with him. Or I, I think he's the kind of guy you can certainly see growing in to be the, the captain of the team in the traditional sense and playing here a long, long time and... Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know how great he's going to be defensively. So far, that's been kind of a mixed bag. But it's hard, so hard to tell until he gets a partner who's kind of yeah, yeah. He needs some help, that's for sure. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Well, this is my last day at TSN, so I don't know what we're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to to keep the podcast alive. We just don't know how yet. So. Well, congrats on the new job. It's. It's very exciting, and yeah, I, I we'll we'll keep this going. There might be a hiatus here until we figure it out. But if someone listening out there wants to help us figure it out, then uh, we're, contact you. Yeah, we're all ears. So okay, well, they can get in touch with you on Twitter. You're pretty good. Yep, I'm not good. So <laughs> you don't listen to anybody. No, I try not to. <laughs> anyway, so so thanks for this, James, and hopefully uh, it's not too long before we do it again. <laughs>